Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Thrilled today, absolutely thrilled to welcome back to the show, NFL Media's Jim Trotter. We're going to talk some 49ers. I'm sure you guys have had a couple days to digest and aren't freaking out at all. But Jim, welcome back to the show. Tracy, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's dive right in. We were both at uh, Sunday's game against the Chiefs. That uh, was rough for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Interestingly, it's funny when you go back and look at it with under 11 minutes to go, it was 28 to 23. And then somehow it was 44 to 23 very quickly, but they're three and four. They have a game against the Rams. They go into the bye week They've been here before. Uh, they, and you know, I think you asked Kyle about it and it's been a topic of discussion that last year they were three and five and they end up getting it together to go to the NFC championship game. I don't know if that's now kind of their thing, but there are concerns that this team has. I will talk about Christian McCaffrey in the trade in a minute, but that aside, this team's got some real issues and concerns. And at the moment, it does not look like a team that's going to get it together. No, but it didn't look like that last year either. I don't think anyone at three and five would have predicted they were going to the NFC championship game. So you can't write them off. But clearly there are some concerns. Um, you know, I, I know you want to wait to get into Christian McCaffrey, but to me that whole no, thing. No, no, we can jump right in. Well, what for, for me what it does is it speaks to a larger issue, and that is that, you know, when I talk to people in the organization, and, and I always try and be upfront with people, and, and I said, um, you know, I, I, I get wanting Christian McCaffrey. He's a dynamic player who clearly will make your offense better. But if I were to rank the needs on this team prior to that trade, you know, um, mm-hmm. running back would have been somewhere behind better weather. You know, it, <laughs> it, you look at they needed help on the defensive line, in my opinion, with Armstead out. And I know they're banking on him potentially being back this week. But, you know, that foot injury that he has, is it's one of those um, touchy, sensitive things. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there are no guarantees. Then you got Ken Law, who's probably going to be out for the year. And now I'm saying in terms of their defensive line rotation, particularly on the interior, I would want help there. But even before that, I would want help at cornerback. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Javarius Ward has a growing injury. And so how effective, you know, can he be with that? And how long will that linger? Um, You know, Jason Barrett will find out tomorrow whether or not they're going to activate him on the roster or whether or not he's going to be down for the year. You know, Jimmy Ward is playing for the first time in terms of significant snaps um, after the various injuries he's had, those sorts of things. Now, to the in their defense, you don't just find cornerbacks on the street this time of the year, you know, effective or or, um, quality cornerbacks. So I get that. And maybe they believe that, that Christian McCaffrey will allow them to score more points or be a net gain in terms of points scored that now maybe they're better able to outscore opponents if necessary. You know, and lastly, what he does is I think there was concern that, that there was being too much placed on Debo Samuel in terms of his snap count, what he was being asked to do, how he was being asked, asked to do it. And 
there were times that maybe Kyle wanted him on the field and he couldn't be on the field or he wasn't on the field because he needed a blow. So having a guy like McCaffrey will not only keep Debo fresher, but you know, um, it will keep McCaffrey fresh as well. But yeah. Um, so I say all that is just a long winded way of saying that there are issues on this team beyond, you know, the running back position and, and can they turn it around? Absolutely. Will they turn it around? I don't know. The only thing I think that, that I do know that's working in their favor is that the NFC is a very weak conference this year in terms of, of overall depth. And so they should be in the running for a playoff spot um, all the way up until the end. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. So I want to go back to something you said at corner and in the secondary. And I think with all of the injuries that they've suffered and all of the attrition, and this one's coming back, and this one's now injured, and you mentioned Debo Samuel, who's now dealing with a hamstring injury. He's day-to-day, so we could talk about that in a bit. But I want to talk about corner because with all of the injuries, it feels to me like the one that is going to have the biggest effect on the team may very well be Emmanuel Mosley and losing him for the season. Because when you look at what happened, what's happened the last two weeks without him in there, there are other issues and there were other people that they were missing on defense. But part of what made this defense so good the first month of the season is not only did you have that incredible front seven, but now in the secondary, you had a true shutdown corner in Charvarius Ward. And then you had Emmanuel Mosley playing at a very high level and playing where he's supposed to play, not necessarily as CB1, but maybe CB1.5, CB1, CB2. And without him in there, you throw Diamador Lenore in, in his place. They had put Samuel Womack at nickel a couple weeks ago. He'd been benched after the first two weeks there. Now you have Jimmy Ward at nickel corner where he hasn't played in quite some time. You know, Diamador Lenore has been doing okay, but he's not Emmanuel Mosley. He has a stinger. He goes out, they put Ambry Thomas in. Ambry Thomas is not Diamador Lenore. So it's just that I think is the area that becomes such a big deal. And it's interesting because in the in training camp and in the offseason, it felt like where they finally have depth at corner. They have bodies at corner. They don't necessarily have depth at corner. So I had kind of felt like, and I actually had Eric, Eric Branch on the podcast last week before the Christian McCaffrey trade, and we had kind of both felt that that would be a place they would maybe want to just shore up. You're right. Quality corners at this point are not going to be on the street, which we saw last year when they saw Jason, they lost Jason Brett in week one and literally were kind of pulling guys off the street. And we saw what that did, but it will be interesting to see over the next several weeks and the rest of the season, if that Mosley injury really becomes the biggest loss of this team. Oh, there's no question. It's a huge loss. I, I, I saw him actually before the game and you could see sort of the pain on his face of not being out there, you know, with his teammates and whatnot. And, um, no, he's, he's a major factor and they did feel good about, 
or I shouldn't say good, they felt great, you know, with Ward and, and Mosley, and how there was that synergy between the back end and the front end in terms of when everyone's healthy, what they could do with the rush and what they could do with coverage. And it all works hand in hand. And so now what you see is, particularly going against an offense as diversified in the passing game as the Chiefs are, you see Patrick Mahomes able to identify the stress points in that defense and attack it um, because the 49ers have issues up front and they have issues on the back end. So, um, you know, you can get away with that against certain teams and certain offenses, but you cannot get away with the, with that against an offense as diversified and as talented as the Chiefs are. So um, I'm intrigued to see where the 49ers go from here and what happens because, you know, there are those who believe that McCaffrey is going to make that big a difference in terms of how they are able to attack people and whatnot. And he will, you know, there's no question, just the, the, the limited number of snaps we saw Sunday. He is a dynamic playmaker who will definitely make this offense better. But again, when you look at the running back room that they had, um, Kyle has shown over the years what he can do um, with a quote-unquote lesser talented or or not as high profile a running back. I mean, he's had a different leading rusher every year that he's been with the 49ers. All but one has averaged over four yards per carry. Um, only one, and that was Carlos Hyde, whom, whom he inherited, was drafted above, I think, the sixth round, if I'm not mistaken. And I think mm-hmm. three of them were undrafted. So, again, he know, he makes this offense work with what he has at the running game, with the running game. And, look, McCaffrey will be used in the backfield, in the slot, out wide, all of those things. He will be the the – the Debo Samuel of running backs, the running back who's the receiver as opposed to the receiver who's the running back. But again, I I think um, if they don't get it together defensively in terms of getting some people healthy, being able to match up. And the other thing, Tracy, we didn't even talk about is their their offensive line got overwhelmed at times Mm -hmm. um, on Sunday. And, you know, they're going to play some talented defenses. So there are a lot of things here that, look, I think I wrote this that, um, can they turn it around? Yes. But is there a reason for every reason for optimism? There is a reason for concern. So we will simply see where they go from here. And so let's, let's put the chiefs game aside for a second, because it is the chiefs. And for all the reasons that we've talked about, that was going to be a difficult matchup, especially where they are right now. But I think the bigger concern to me would be when you look at the other losses, against teams that they shouldn't be losing to it's a lot of the same issues that came up in the chiefs game then you can't make those mistakes in the chiefs game but you also can't make those mistakes with the bears and the broncos and the falcons and it's with you know they all talk about the self-inflicted wounds it's the penalties it's the turnovers all of that stuff it's the allowing you know drives to extend for the other team it's what we saw on sunday them getting in the red zone five times with two touchdowns to show for it and that stuff to me, and I'm about to say something, it's a conversation I hate. Okay. So I want to start by saying that it's a conversation I absolutely hate, but is that a, and this is not a, I think they should replace him at all, at all, at all. But is that a coaching issue? Um, I think everything is on the table. Um, you know, as it relates to what's going on with the team, look, they've been very sloppy, um, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of their play this year. 
uh, inconsistent is one thing, um, but they've also been flat out sloppy. And from that standpoint, um, yes, you go back to what's being allowed in practice. You know, are these mistakes being corrected in practice? And the other thing is you, you always say what I used to hear from veteran coaches is, look, if you have individuals who are going to keep making the same mistakes and they're not going to be on the field. And at some point you have to put that on the table as well. Um, I, this, this, the NFL is such a tough league. I mean, it is built for parity. I mean, that is the way that Pete mm-hmm. Rosell envisioned it when they, they set up all of the, the, the guidelines or protocols, if you will, as, a, as it relates to the inverse order of the draft and, and all these other things um, to try and create parity. And, and, and the NFL has that where, you know, you can see any team beaten on any Sunday. I hate to use that cliche, but it's true. And, it is true. And, and so if you are not on your game, if you are not prepared mentally as well as physically to play, you're going to get what we have seen this year. And, um, I mean, we saw, you can go back to last night with Monday Night Football. We saw a Bears team that was, to you, to be frank, pathetic the week before. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out and beats a Patriots team that had been playing pretty good football at that point. Not only beats them, but really dominates them. So I, I say this, and, and people, I think, think I'm joking sometimes, but I don't know how people bet on NFL games. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I know I couldn't, not successfully. Um, so every time you think you have a feel for what's going on or, or who's going to do what, it gets turned upside down. So, and that's why I say I'm not in panic mode over the 49ers. It's a reason for concern. Yes. But am I ready to write them off? No. Um, I think it would, it, it, it would not shock me at all at all if they were to go on a, on a run, but they are about to enter what on paper at least should be the tougher part of their schedule, as opposed to, as you mentioned, the games that they lost early. Um, and so it will be interesting to see how that goes. I do think there is character in that locker room to where guys will work to get it right, will hold each other accountable. But let me say this, too, and it's funny that we're, we're talking about the Niners and one name that hasn't come up this far in is Jimmy Garoppolo. That I, was next. I, I know. I just, <laughs> Tracy, I just, you know, I, I love the guy personally and whatnot. But there is a reason the 49ers made the trade for Trey Lance, and there is a reason they were willing to let him walk this offseason, and that is because they have seen the ceiling with him, Mm -hmm. and they know how far he can take them in their mind. And each time I see him there, you know, it's just a reminder that he's not that guy, you know, and for them to win a championship with him, everything else has to be on point. And I mean everything else. And I don't think this is a team that is built for where everything else is going to be on point. Well, interestingly, it's really not because I think the feeling was going into the season with Trey Lance is they were a competitive team, but it wasn't all about this season. And there would be ups and downs, but ultimately if they could win games, get into the playoffs with Trey Lance, if he could improve from week one to week 18, then they were set up really well for the future. So 
you know, I know that a lot of people talked about it as a Super Bowl roster and there is there's a lot of talent on the team and that that caliber is potentially there. But I think it's kind of not built for that for that reason, because that's what they were planning on. That changed. So now it is with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it, as you said, they know the ceiling and you, he is he is what he is. I was actually on the radio last night and someone asked me is that ever going to change? They brought up the interception and I said, it's not, it's who he is. Like they know who he is and that's why they made the change and that stuff's going to happen. And that becomes, you know, I saw people saying, you know, well, at least the chiefs didn't get any points off it. Yeah. But neither did the 49ers. And that was an easy opportunity for seven that changes the, you know, the landscape and the dynamic of the game. And that stuff is going to happen with him. He said something the other night in his post-game press conference that I thought was interesting, going back to kind of our accountability discussion. And he said something about not letting things slide in practice. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of covered it real quick and said, not that I think he is, let, they are letting things slide. But I thought that was a really interesting comment. Um, I think we're getting a lot more interesting comments from Jimmy Garoppolo post-game. I, I feel and this is like just pure speculation and and having covered him all these years and covering him this year, he's a little more open and a little less. I'm taking all the blame here than maybe he's been in the past. That's not a knock. I just think after everything that went on this off season, he's just like, I'm not, you're not putting this all on me every week anymore. But I thought that was an interesting comment. And that would lead one to believe that things are being let slide in practice. I said that very poorly, but you know what I meant. <laughs> It's early. You're good. Um, yeah, no, that's why I say when, when you have, when you, when your play is sloppy, it is usually a reflection of what took place during the week in practice. Mm-hmm. And I say, usually there, there are no absolutes, um, as it relates to, to the NFL. Um, but typically coaches will tell you and players will tell you that game performance is a carryover from what took place during the week. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we can try and deduce, you know, um, exactly what he meant, but it was something that that he brought up, as you said, and that's why I said earlier, you know, I, I do think this is a team of character. I do think guys will hold each other accountable, but sometimes you have to get to that point where um, it, it gets bad enough that you have everyone's attention now. And it's not like you think you can just hit a switch and turn it on and go. Um, but you know that the real work has to be put in, in terms of focus, not just work. I mean, the 49ers work hard. We know that, but just in terms of attention to detail and the mental part of the game that you're putting in. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I look for me, what I thought this year would happen is I thought Trey Lance would play. He would go through growing pains. There would be highs. There would be lows. But that they would get to the playoffs, you know, maybe lose early and then build on mm-hmm. that. The concern I have now, truthfully, is he is another year behind, which means ostensibly next year he will be little more than a rookie again. Um, mm-hmm. And now because of the McCaffrey trade, they don't have a lot of draft capital. And if you've got guys like, you know, mostly and, and, um, others, McGlinchey and others who are, who are free agents coming up, you know, you're probably going to have to restructure McCaffrey's contract. How many of these guys are you going to be able to, to keep the dynamic of your team 
changes every year in terms of personnel and whatnot. And so now you're another year behind with Trey Lance potentially as your quarterback. And look, let's say this too, Tracy, I, I don't, you know, as much as um, I like Trey Lance and everything else, he still has to prove he's the guy. You know, Absolutely. We've not seen anything that says with a certainty, this is a franchise quarterback. You know, we've mm-hmm. been told that because of what was spent to acquire him, but he still has to prove it. And if he's not that guy, 49ers are in a tough way. So when you look at, and, you know, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but when you look at next season, you, you know, you know they're going to want a veteran quarterback in here. It's not, at least in my mind, going to be Jimmy. So who are you going to go out on the open market and get or trade for that could come in here and say be a better option than Jimmy? And Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I have this theory. It's like a joke, but we'll see if it ends up not being a joke that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on this team till the end of time. Hmm. He's going to outlast everybody. <laughs> like a hundred years from now, Jimmy Garoppolo will still be on the San Francisco 49ers. But I, you know, I don't know. And that becomes an issue. And you bring up a great point about draft pa- capital and free agents they have to sign. And they got looking ahead. That's why the Trey Lance injury was, you know, it, when it first happened, there were people who felt like, well, which I just thought was a terrible narrative, but well, they're better off this season, but they're, it's not all about the season. It never was. And that's, I think what people didn't understand. It's also, like I said, a terrible narrative to just be out there, but you know, they, they needed him to play this year. Cause now, like you said, he is another year behind and he'll be coming off a terrible injury and there's just it's not it's not a great situation to be in and the McCaffrey trade it's interesting because it's such a high risk and such high reward if it works it's genius and amazing and fantastic and if it doesn't it hurts the team for a while well, uh, it's, that, but it's interesting to me when we say if it works what are we expecting from him what are we expecting this trade to do if it if it helps I guess in my head if it works is if it does make the offense more dynamic, if it does make them more able to score points, then in theory, I guess it works. But I'm really also with you, and then they're not a running back away from going to the Super Bowl. And people have compared the trade a lot to Emmanuel Sanders in 2019. But in 2019, they were 6-0 and when they made that trade, and they were a really good wide receiver away from getting to the Super Bowl. That's not where they are right now. So you're right, because maybe even if it works, what does you're right, what does that really mean? Because, and is there going to be a way to really quantify that? Well, here, the, the way I asked the question was, look, they will be more dynamic offensively and they should put up more points. But what is the net gain in terms of points scored versus points allowed if you say he'd use that draft capital to go out and, and shore up this defense, knowing the injuries that you have and the uncertainty that you have? Look, they like their defensive line um, and I understand why. My only question is, you like it if it's healthy and there is confidence that Eric Armstead is going to be healthy. I don't know that, you know, I I do believe that Kinlaw will not be back. So that is obviously one less person um, that you were counting on in terms of that rotation. Um, You know, we saw Nick go down um, the previous game and come back this week. Is he a hundred percent? Does that bother him again? As well as some of the other guys at edge rusher. So, 
And then again, as we talked about in the secondary. So what I'm saying is, is Christian McCaffrey going to add more points in terms of a net gain than what you are going to give up defensively by not addressing those areas? And is that enough? to get you to where you want to go. And I would say at this point, just being quite frank, no. And again, part of that is due to the fact that I think we have seen what the ceiling is with Jimmy Garoppolo, who again is a great guy and a good quarterback, but he has had a lot of time to show you on some very good teams that he could get you to where you want to go. And that has not happened. No, it has not. And I think you, you really nailed that. So I guess we will see. Uh, One thing about this team, and I think this probably is football, is every year it does feel like there's a lot of banking on people being healthy. And I know that that's football. But, you know, I think we saw it last year when they lose Jason Verrett in week one. And that was so unfortunate. And Jason Verrett, when healthy, is a spectacular cornerback, but has dealt with health issues his entire career. They lose in week one and it affects the secondary, the, you know, the rest of the season. And sometimes I think that there's too much that this will work if everyone stays healthy, but I think you have to have a backup plan, but maybe that's just too simplistic. It's tough. I, I mean, look, the NFL, um, it is a game of attrition. And so everyone is looking for depth and, you know, we talk about a salary cap and all that. And I'm one of those people who say you can, the salary cap can always be massaged or, or, or circumvented, you know, in the short mm-hmm. term. Um, so you just have to make a decision on what it is you want to do. I, I, I think that what I see from the 49ers is, is, and not just 49ers, but other teams as well, whether it's the Chargers or others, is that everyone looks at what the Rams did last year in terms of being aggressive, going out and making moves to get pieces that they felt would upgrade, starting with Matthew Stafford and then, you know, um, getting OBJ and then at the trade dead near the trade deadline, getting Von Miller and saying, we got the missing pieces to get us over the top and they win a championship. And so what that does, knowing that the NFL is a copycat league, you see other teams say, you know what, um, if it worked for them, maybe we can make it work for us. And the 49ers were very, um, I shouldn't say very, but they were aggressive in identifying that they wanted Christian McCaffrey, who was a guy that they loved coming out of college. But at that time, with what was it, the second pick, second Mm -hmm. or third pick in the draft, decided that they were going to try and rebuild their defense as opposed to going out and getting this dynamic offensive playmaker. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that was a philosophy that they had. And so now you get a chance to get a guy that you loved and who has shown that he, he um, is a dynamic and productive player at this level. You know, there is the injury factor, but they believe that he was playing 85% of the snaps um, this year and <clears throat> in Carolina and that, you know, hopefully he's passed those injury concerns he had the past couple of years and that they don't have to overwork him with Debo here too and, and the other backs that they have. So We'll see if it works, but there are a lot of other things that have to go right for them to get where they want to go. And remember, with this team now, it's not about making the playoffs. It's not even about reaching the Super Bowl. For this team, it's about winning a Super Bowl. They've been to the game with some of these players um, and came up short. So the only goal then is to take the next step. And as you look at it now, you never want to rule them out. I don't rule them out, but it's hard for me to see how that happens based on on where they are today. 
Well, with that, everybody, <laughs> we're going to leave it. <laughs> um, but I agree with you on, on everything you said. And uh, I know we're going to have to stop in a second, but I think another thing to kind of keep an eye on is you said earlier, you know, there are guys in that locker room who are leaders and who can, you know, hold people accountable and all of that. But, you know, I think at a certain point, there are also frustrations and they have been here before. And you do wonder kind of what toll that does take on a locker room and then what toll it takes on the field. Well, the one thing again, though, Tracy, I would say to you is that the NFC is, is, is so weak this year that no one's right. really out of it. And, and that's, that's the true. thing as a, as a coach and as a staff and as an organization, you can keep preaching to the players. <clears throat> and I'm not saying it's, it's comforting, but the fact is that when you have the talent that the 49ers have and they do have talent, um, you can go through some of these pains right now and know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of you should still be in the mix, you know, come late in the year. Um, so there is time. This is not one of those things where it's getting late early. They, there, there is time, although as a coaching staff, you never want to want to, um, use that as a, as a fallback position with your players, but there is time. But again, it's not enough for them to simply make the playoffs or to even get back to an NFC championship game or even a Super Bowl. For them, it is to win a Super Bowl. And as currently constructed, you know, with the circumstances that they have, I just think it's going to be really tough. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. And I agree with you on that. We'll see where we are in a few months. We'll be talking again. We'll talk again in January and see where they are. Uh, one of my thoughts with this team was let's see where they are in November and December. And that's coming up fast. So they'll be in we'll the have mix. a better idea. Yeah, they'll be they'll in, be the, in mix. the mix. Absolutely. They'll, they'll be in the mix. mix. But that's not good uh, enough. Well, thank no, but it's not good enough. And that that will be interesting to see how this all plays out, both literally <laughs> and figuratively. Uh, well, Jim, thank you so much again for joining me today. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, right now you can find me sitting in my computer room, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, where can you find me? Uh, NFL.com and you know, Trace, I don't even know where else you can find me in my classroom at San Diego state. Um, you can find me. uh, Where in the world is Jim Trotter is basically going to be the new name of this podcast. You know, you can find (laughs) me, um, co-hosting brother from another today. Um, and I think that should be enough, but ideally where I would love for you to find me is on a golf course. Unfortunately, I am not on many of those this time of year. Well, you can, we could read in that on uh, that in February. Uh, you guys, we are brought to you by bet online. If you like what you heard and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And with that, I'll talk to everybody later this week to preview the Rams. Bye. all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Hold up. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.